All right, so we'll just chit chat for a little bit and then we'll uh, get underway. I could also, um, like, there's kind of like two ways we could do this episode today. Is I kind of uh, put you into an audio only episode. I could talk to you about some of the main reasons why, or we we try to do uh, our regular episode and then just chit chat about that in our reflection. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to hear more about your thoughts on audio versus video. And have that be the subject of the podcast today? Yeah, sure. All right, because I could definitely talk about that at length. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, cool. Um, all right, well, um, if you notice on on uh, the studio here, I can keep I can keep stopping recording and then restarting. So, like, do you see the recording above? And if I stop, press record again. So I press record again. Do you see each recording showing up the way it does for me? No, it just says, at the very top, it says, like, recording in progress right now. And when you stopped recording, it said, like, uploading file. And then uh, there's, like, a little notification thing that says, I used Duck. Started recording. Stopped recording. Started recording. Okay. All right. Can you just, if you don't mind for right now, can you just send me a picture of what your screen looks like so I just have a general sense, and then that'll be the, that'll be it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's super simple. As someone that builds these UIs, like, it's kind of cool to see this. It's like, like, clearly this is Adobe putting out an MVP, minimum viable product. Like, on each side, there's there's like two personas that they're thinking about, like the producer, the person clicking record, and that's you, and then the the guest or like the co-host, and that's me. And there's a different set of requirements for each. And like for me, there's very minimal requirements. It's like I need to see who's on the call, whether we're recording or not, and be able to mute myself. And that's about it. And so they've like, they haven't done anything extra. It's like just those things, which I kind of like. Like it's, it's a little like, it's kind of like being in like a minimalist house. It's like a little cold with all the concrete. But at the same time, it's like, like it took me two and a half seconds to understand this screen and like be totally comfortable with what's going on. I, I like, I love that too. I, I, uh, I like your perspective on that with the simplicity of the UI because I, I didn't think about it totally, but when you started talking about it, it made me think of how much more complicated Zencaster is, at least from a producer side. Because for me, because I'm sending you the invite, I am they're putting me in as the producer. Even the Adobe producer is nice and simple. It's like, is Craig in there? He's in there. Is it recording? Yes. And when I stop the recording, it, it shoots out a transcript. That's, that's really it. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I can. I guess this kind of goes into what I was thinking about with uh, a, an audio-only podcast versus a video podcast, and uh, I, I'm really, I really try not to let one person's opinion make me shift my whole opinions, my whole set of opinions on something. But uh, the other, the other day, it's a recording. It's on a Thursday. I think this might have been on Tuesday. I was listening. Are you familiar with Colin and Samir on YouTube? No. So, I, I've always, I say always, I've heard about them a lot. I found out the other day that they're actually documentary filmmakers by tra by trade. 
so it was part of their podcast where they were talking about how they're able to um, what's called live edit during a show. So if someone says something interesting, they're able to have like a live timeline visually in their head and they just pin it and they're able to hold that thought, but let the, but let the guest keep going and then come back to it. Kind of like what we've tried to do. And I think we do okay at it, but it was cool to hear from someone who's like very good at it. If that makes sense. Wait, can you explain that again? I didn't really get that. Yeah. So they explained it as you're, they're sitting across the table from someone doing a, uh, they're the host and they have a guest. And they view when they're doing the show, it's like a live, uh, a live timeline editor. So the guest is talking about what they want to talk about. And then the, because they're documentary filmmakers by trade, they're constantly thinking about, oh, that would be an interesting question to ask. But they're able to like hold it in their mind, but not, not um, get in the way of the guest. And then they come back to it later. So that was just an inter- it was just an interesting I, I like the way they explain it because it it was just a you know, we've talked about the philo- philosophical side of things. It felt kind of philosophical to a degree, the way they just they explained it. And it 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 was helpful the way they they described it. But that's actually not the reason why I was uh, influenced by this episode. It was who their guest was. So their guest was none other than Tim Ferris. So what was interesting is Tim Ferriss is known for not doing a video podcast. His podcast is, is approaching a billion downloads, and he's he only started doing video, I think, in the last year and a half. And his podcast started in 2013. Whereas when you look at Joe Rogan, he's been doing video for a really long time. And they were talking about the pros and cons of both, and I, I really do vibe with a lot of what Tim Ferriss was saying because he does think a lot of the growth for certain shows is attributed to the video and he's not contesting that but he had some really compelling arguments for doing video excuse me for doing audio only and i'm just going to go through a quick mental list of the things he mentioned so one is that tim ferris he likes to he likes to travel so by not doing the video side this is not the main reason i'm not these these reasons are not in any particular order but by strictly doing audio he could have his audio recording set up anywhere he goes it's in his backpack so it gives him a lot of portability, and that's helpful for him because if he's if he's trying to get guests that are A-listers or hard-to-reach people, there there is something to be said about being able to meet them meet them where they are. And he he he, got, he draws an example of, hey, listen, part of the selling point of my podcast is we don't do videos, so you know if you have an hour in between scenes when you're you know thinking of an actor, you have an hour between scenes and you're in your trailer. We can do the we can do the podcast, you know. Like with video, there's so much more like that goes into it, not just from a producing side, but from the guests showing up. That he thinks that he's able to get higher level guests for a lot of those years because it was like, hey guys, like you don't need to be on video. Like you can you can record on however you're most comfortable, and you know X, Y, and Z. So he had a few of those uh, thoughts there, and um, I started thinking about the uh kind of the i don't know how to put this but like the intellectual property of it all it's not really the right word um but if you think of a video podcast if you're doing a video podcast where are you publishing it none other than youtube now you don't really own you your youtube content right like you could be you know youtube could just say you can't upload here anymore or you know your account you can't do x y and z that's part of the reason why vimeo exists 
and it, Craig, I feel like you can speak to that a little bit more of uh, the Vimeo YouTube conundrum. Um, but uh, I feel that an audio show, because Tim actually talked about that. I, I say Tim like I know. Uh, Tim Ferriss talked about how it's it's been showing that there's actually, even though short-form video is a really hot topic, it's been showing that people who watch your short-form videos don't, the number is pretty small of people that actually go to your show and actually make it to your long form. So it got me thinking about an audio-only show. I feel like if we have a, a spectrum between rented land and owned land. Owned land is an email newsletter. Like you own the list. Rented land is YouTube or really any social media platform, but YouTube. I feel like an audio only podcast is like somewhere in the middle, but leaning towards owned land because you own your podcast host. And if, if you're incentivizing people to come for the long form, you, you only, um, you can use the audio for that. And for the reasons I mentioned earlier about, uh, it's easier for guests to get, um, it's easier to get quality guests too because they don't have to be super concerned about the video side of things. And then also from a productive production standpoint, it's not as intense. Um, Tim Ferriss was even talking about with like, you know, he advises different startups and things, but one of the uh, things with, uh, there's always been talk of a looming recession, but when a recession does come, the amount of investment people are putting into video podcasting is going to be one of the first things on the docket. So he almost feels like the audio side actually shields you from uh, market fluctuations because, you know, it is a pretty heavy, not that our show is a heavy budget, but just like thinking about it more uh, broadly. Um, that was uh, a couple things there. I didn't hit, I didn't hit exactly what I want to hit on there, uh, but whoa, whoa, you're, you're welcome to jump in now that I got all that out of my head. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's, that sounds like I, like clearly he's very well informed on this. Uh, and, and so I think like, I think he's definitely worth listening to. And I think he has a lot of good points. It is interesting here that there's like this looming, like concept of like what you can control versus what you can't. And it almost sounds like with what he's saying, it's like with audio, you can control more of that. Like you can, you have more ownership over where you can publish things, how you can publish things. You have more control over like how and when you can record, uh, things like that. Um, and on top of that, like a big part of video and conversion and people's attention is the algorithms that drive that attention. Um, and we'd like to think that we all are in control of what we look at and view and uh, spend our time on, which is like basically like what we spend our money on these days. But in reality, it's like so driven by YouTube, Facebook, uh, X, like all of these companies just have these mega algorithms that just kind of push us to their will. And it sounds like with audio, you have more of an air gap from those really bad offenders uh, of those algorithms and you can kind of control it a little bit more. Uh, and that, that totally aligns with what I've heard other podcasters say, like 
the thing you said about short videos on like TikTok or Instagram uh, used for promotion for a podcast. Like I've heard that like there's almost no uh, conversion from one of those videos to the podcast. And so they have to think of those as like separate revenue streams, essentially, instead of like all working together. Yeah. No, I think uh, it got me thinking too about the, the times I have been converted from a short form video is when I'm watching YouTube short because the podcast is on YouTube. It's like one click away. I'm not even leaving the platform. That's the ones where I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm more likely to convert. Whereas if I'm coming from TikTok, I have to leave TikTok. If I'm coming from Instagram, I'll have to leave Instagram. So it, it was a very nuanced conversation they had, but it just got me thinking also, Craig, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I also, because we're just doing audio, I'd just like the listeners to know uh, the benefit of doing audio. This is my opinion on it. I'm going to give you the benefit. I'm going to give you an opinion. And they're kind of similar. <laughs> so uh, when I used to do pure public speaking coaching, one of the exercises I would have customers do, customers and clients do, was, hey, I know you want to do a presentation better, and that means people are going to see you. But the reality is, when was the last time you listened to your voicemail box message that you leave for people? And they were like, oh, I never listened to it because I hate it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why do you hate it? It's like, well, I don't, my voice doesn't sound like that, or it sounds weird, it sounds bad. So then I say, exactly, you're not even comfortable with the sound of your voice. How are you going to be comfortable with how you look on camera? That's like the sound of the voice pales in comparison to what people think about themselves visually on camera. Like some of the people who are really good on camera never think they look good on camera. Like there's this conundrum that happens. So that's a, another reason why I think the audio is more of a longevity play in addition to just I think we'll get better stories by not having to divert attention to like, am I good on video right now? Am I good on video right now? Craig, I think it would be less if we had, as I thought through this, if we have a producer that's completely separate from us, that we can truly focus on the storytelling. But because we don't, I do think there is an element of our focus that's getting pulled. Um, maybe more for me, because I'm, I'm on the producer side just by default. But I would love to hear your thoughts on some of those, uh, some of those uh, little tidbits I shared. Yeah, I I think that focusing our attention has, like, as a human species, has become harder. Like, there's so many things pulling at our attention. There's so many things, like, where the whole goal is to get your eyes on it uh, and, like, pick, get you to pick up your phone, get you to, like, get up off, away from your desk. Uh, and I feel like any time you have to focus on one thing, like your performance on one thing matters is potentially monetizable. Like that ability to focus is one of the most valuable things. And so I think like exactly what you're saying, it's like, because it's simpler, we have fewer, slightly fewer distractions. We're more likely to be able to focus our overall content, the, the stories we can tell, the learnings we can provide to listeners would potentially be be greater. So I, I totally agree with that. 
it, 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 let let all the listeners know it's always a great feeling when someone agrees with the the, the thoughts that you have that may feel scattered. But we're gonna dig in deeper because Craig and I are friends, so we do have a tendency. We tell each other how it is, but we're also we have such rapport with each other that I don't think we really. Uh, Craig, you could speak speak on this too, I think, but I feel like we just kind of agree with a lot of stuff. Like I've been finding that out as we've been doing this show together. Is that there's just things that we agree on, or we at least have a high degree of respect for the other person's opinion. Like with you, I find that I'm rarely like fighting for my stance. Whereas I have some other really good friends where they are like my devil's advocate. They are always like, like, and honestly, it's freaking annoying sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, because as I started thinking about this whole thing, and I say thing to keep it nebulous, but it's a show, a podcast, I started thinking about it as, well, in a world that's starved for, um, I don't know, that's a starve is not the right word, but in, in a world where attention is so hard to capture and when everyone's saying you should do something, I start thinking, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Everyone says you should pro promote your podcast with short form videos. But if everyone's saying that, and we know by fact, this is not a this is not an attack on anyone, but if everyone is saying this is the thing to do, by default, not everyone is successful doing that, then maybe it's not worth doing. <laughs> so I started thinking about the structure of this where we kind of play into a combination of sustainability slash longevity. If we do audio, if you're waiting for a flight or you're on the drive to work, like these episodes are gonna be easier to schedule if we only do audio. So like the sustainability longevity. But then the other part of it, there might be two more parts, but another part of it is thinking about um, a pay-for-community. So we've mentioned Patreon bef before. We haven't really dug into it too much, but um, I'm thinking of, you know, you build an audience with audio only, and then you could have video exclusives behind a, behind a paywall. And I know it might be jumping ahead. It's like, oh, just put it on YouTube. But just hear me out here, where... We use the minimum viable, which is the audio storytelling. It's the minimum viable for us to actually schedule time with each other and for us to produce it. It's minimally, minimally viable. And then in addition to just cloud storage space, I mean, videos take up so much space. I've maxed out like most of my paid accounts. So uh, I'm also coming from that perspective too. It's just like the cloud storage of video just never ends. Um, and uh, the other, the uh, I, I, I think I had another point here, but um, I'm going to leave it at that for now. Um, I'm kind of in brain dump, brain dump mode, stream of consciousness mode right now, uh, Craig. But let me know, let me know what's percolating for you, even if it's not exactly on this on this thread. Yeah. So what's percolate percolating is the number twenty seven. I think we've we've touched on this number and the significance before, but 27 is the number of times you have to hear something, do something to to learn it. And so if like when I think about things I'm trying to learn, things I'm trying to get in the habit of in truly internalize, I remind myself I need 27 times. Like if I'm at work and 
I like have to ask for help on the same thing for the third time in like six months. I'm like, three is so small. It's almost one tenth of 27. Like, of course I need to ask for help. And so then I try to like structure my life so that I reach that 27 more quickly. And I think what you're talking about is exactly that, right? It's like reduce overhead so that you get to you get to reps more quickly. And so then we can kind of talk about what we're learning here. Uh, and this is one thing that I think we're, is very much up in the air. It's like, what are we learning? What are we trying to do? What are our goals? Like, as we continue to do this, those continue to change. Like, I feel like for me, like I've had a different idea every episode that we've recorded. And I think that we're much more likely to have a good idea, something that's valuable to others and really valuable to us after we've gone through a few iterations of learning via the 27. So like, I think you mentioned um, like creating a hundred videos or recording a hundred episodes or something, something around the number 100. And I, I think that that like, that's, little over three times 27. And that feels like maybe after those hundred, you kind of land on something of value. And so, so yeah, I, I think that like we're, we're onto something here, like ripping away the extraneous stuff and just focusing on reps, improvement, finding value. All right. So with, with that being said, are you thinking it, it it makes it makes sense to have this be an audio only show then? I think so. I think that when one thing you mentioned earlier is podcast growth. And you said that video can help podcasts grow because it opens up other platforms, it helps people get to know the hosts better, various different reasons. And then you uh, had the juxtaposition of larger, more famous guests uh, as another way to grow podcasts on an audio-only podcast. And so both of those imply that there is value in a podcast. It's like the MVP has been out for a while and there's value, there's listeners, and then you're, you're engaging the hockey stick of growth and entering phase two of creating a podcast we're still like early in phase one so i think that like the i the conversation around growth is something that will happen later you know like maybe after 100 episodes maybe more and at that point the i the question of using video might come back and it might be clear that we should use a video um but I think for right now, that's like an extraneous, that, that is extraneous to our goals. I mean, I, did I, I think you're right. And you're putting it much more elegantly than I, than I am, which is very, very helpful for me. Uh, it just, for me, it just feels right to have this be an audio show. And I have a gajillion reasons why it's not the end of video. Like I actually have really creative ways for us to incorporate video but in a less obtrusive 
I was going to say less intensive, but obtrusive. Because if you've listened to our previous episode, I think it was the episode before this or two before this, I shared with Craig about the, could have been in the reflection to Craig, so I might be misquoting. But I shared with Craig that I was so distracted by the production in the video production studio that I, I could barely listen to Craig. It's one of my best friends. I could barely listen to him. Imagine if I'm listening to someone who's not one of my best friends. And it's like I have that much less of a vested interest to listen. And I couldn't even focus with Craig. So I I just feel because if, if you saw me on video right now, I'm moving around, I'm looking around. But I think by the the I don't know the exact word, but like the 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 way my voice sounds, it probably sounds more engaged. I think because I had more literally more room to roam. Like I see us being able to even do the show where um, if I'm out for a walk, as long as I have like semi-decent audio and we can use a little bit of AI audio sound repair, but not have to worry about the video. Uh, and uh, I like, Craig, what you put about the video almost feels, uh, I think the word you said, extraneous. Ext yeah. Extraneous to our goals. And I love hearing that because for me, I'm like really into this audio thing because um, it, it, it if all if everything I said and everything that you've helped me kind of parse through by putting it more elegantly, if all that was false, factually not true, I think this next statement I'm gonna say is 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 true though. Video has talked about how you get to know someone. You you build much more of a connection with them. But I would argue audio is actually more intimate. And the reason why is let's say you're watching a YouTube video podcast and you're wearing your AirPods. Yes, the sound is between your ears, but you can visually see that you're not in, you're not there. Like you're not a part of that conversation and you're not in the host's mind. Whereas with audio, your host is spending, like with the Tim Ferriss show, his shows go for about three hours a piece sometimes. What that means is that Tim Ferriss is in your head three hours a week, which is more than a lot of his friends, which means you're building an intimate relationship at scale with less overhead. That, that sounds like a, a phenomenal business model. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think you're, I think there's a ton of truth to truth to that. I, I, I think so too. I mean, I, I, uh, I could also go further into you know, the zigzag, like if everyone's zigging with video right now, what if we zag and become some of the best audio storytellers ever? And I, I, I say that as a, a stretch, but, you know, I've been seeing, and Craig, you could probably speak on this too, but I've been seeing the Audible originals, the Spotify originals, and they're getting these famous actors to do audio stories. The Calm Meditation app, excuse me, the Calm Mindfulness app was doing sleep stories. I feel like there's just something intimate about audio and they're able to get a-listers to do it because it's less intensive for them like think about all the famous animated movies illumination studios they have phenomenal animated movies that come out we'll have to put a, a list in the show notes of, of some of the movies that people don't know uh they uh if you think of animated movies almost every goddamn voice is a a-list celebrity why is that it's a kind of a rhetorical question. It's why is that? It's because video is less intensive on the artist. It's less intensive on the professional. Therefore, you can bring together some super high quality talent um, and get really good performances. Because if you ever see the footage of people in 
in the recording studio doing voiceovers uh, uh, for animated movies, like they might be wearing sweatpants. They might be wearing like a hoodie. They're just super comfortable. And they can never do that if you're acting the role in live action. But when it's strictly the voice, they can put all their energy into the making that voice as powerful as it can be for that role. So, yeah, and from a from a business perspective, you think about you're you're essentially paying for someone's hours. Like it's pretty rare that there's a job where the what you are paying someone for is is com a complete separation from the time they spend doing it. Uh, like for me. I'm a software engineer. I get paid what I do because they're expecting uh, 40 hours, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and a certain amount of output. So if I if I worked half time, I'd get paid less, you know? And so then you think about these animated movies and the stars that do the voices. Like, from a pure hour perspective, it's like, I don't know, what do you think? Like an eighth of the time or less to record those videos i mean the odd the voices instead of full video where they need costumes and makeup and everything and so they can just from a like pure like distance that their budget can go their budget can go way farther just because the hours are fewer yeah i, th I think i think that's a great point yeah i think you're right with that um, and i think like that ties into what what we're talking about for us you know it's like like we have only so many hours that we can spend on this and so we want those hours to be as productive as possible and for us that means recording when we are speaking on this podcast it is that's where we get the value uh at least at this stage like maybe there will be some day where like we're being being paid for like people by people watching or listening to this but right now our value is achieved through like the recording section and so we want as much of our time as possible to be spent during the recording instead of uh the the extra stuff the production the uh, putting the right clothes on before like recording an episode because I wore that same sweatshirt like the last three episodes in a row, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Also, another point we didn't actually mention in this episode, but another point with the audio, if I pull back to one of our earlier episodes, Craig, you and I talked about this might have been the hot tub episode. I thought that we did a hot tub episode because I could just reference it and people know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, not only do we, you and me know what, we're talking about but it's just, it's a, a i don't know if visceral is the word but it's a, it's a potent a potent example we talked about how over the years we've had so many conversations on the phone that we think are like wow that was that was eye-opening or that was really just really goddamn interesting and i almost feel that by stripping the video we not only get the benefits we mentioned where it's going to be less overhead and more into it's like an inverse relationship but like the best kind um, but we might be able to really simulate those phone conversations we've had over the years because now it feels like we're just on a phone call. I feel like I'm just on a phone call with Craig right now, but, we're in, but now we're documenting it. It almost feels like when you're documenting video along with it, it's not really Craig anymore, and it's not really Randy. It's like video Randy and video Craig. Does that make sense? 
Totally. And the the original thought that instigated this was those phone calls. You know, we there was some value in there that pushed, I think it was you, to say, we should record this. And we want to stay, like, that is probably the purest, like, example of value that we have so far in this journey. So we want to make sure that we maximize that, not diminish it. And it's fu- it's funny you say that. Remember last episode, it's funny that I really want to say that. It's my burner saying, it's really intriguing. It's really interesting you say that right now. Uh, because one of the hardest things I've, I've tried to do is, like, how do you find the North Star? Like, so many chief execs, th- th- they, they talk about the mission, the vision, the North Star. I almost feel like what you just said right there, going back to the core of why we're even doing this, it sounds obvious after you just said it, but it wasn't obvious until you said it. That we're the core of this is we're trying to emulate those conversations that we never recorded. And now we're just being a little bit more proactive about it and reporting it. Like it's, I feel like that's not only a, a simple, uh, a simple thing to do, but it's also powerful. And I feel like that's the North Star. It's simple to understand, um, but it's also a powerful thing when you do it. So I think that might be something for us to kind of, I don't know, it feels like a, feels like a North Star for me when you said it. Yeah, the, to me, it feels like an operational North Star, as in, uh, like, we operate, the, how we operate is, uh, is like summed up by we have great phone conversations let's record them but i think that like if we think about uh if we think about why we have those phone conversations i think that will point us at the north north star like mm. like we have phone conversations to uh like uh like if you don't think about the podcast at all we talk on the phone to like like catch up to be friends to like uh stay present in each other's lives when we live across the country from each other and so i think one challenge if we want to go from having that as our north star and recording it if we want to go from that to having something that people listen to and we can kind of provide value to others with i think we have to like figure out how to shift that how to break down that north star to go from we are friends to these conversations have value that we can get out to everyone else so i think we i i I will we agree on a lot of things but i will push back i don't think we we quite have a good north star for this yet Okay. No, I, I like how you broke it down too. Of like, it's like an operational North Star, and that makes so much sense because my head's been such an op. It's been. I don't think I'm the best operator, but it it seems like my head just finds its way to operations, and I I don't. I have a very love hate relationship, so I love that you labeled it for me. That it's almost an operational North Star. The actual North Star, is is uh. I don't. How did you exactly put it? But the the actual news story is North Star is how do we take us as friends and turn us into us as co-hosts because once we're 
if we're just friends having a conversation, that might not add value to an audience. But if we're co-hosts having a conversation, that'll add value to the audience. Like, how do we make that transformation? Maybe that's more of the actual North Star. Yeah, I, I think that's a North Star for this chapter. You know, maybe this, maybe this chapter is uh, is one episode long, and by the end of this episode, we're like, we have a new North Star that, like, on how we provide value to an audience. But I, I, my guess is that it will take us a bunch of episodes to get there and a bunch of hard thought and like brainstorming and like thinking about the podcasts we listen to and why we enjoy them and talking to friends and why they enjoy the podcasts they listen to that kind of thing. It's like, like, I think that like in entrepreneurship, you, uh, you find a, a pain point, a problem, and then you solve it. And by making it a painkiller, not a vitamin, you've probably heard that had that idea before. I actually have not, actually. Make it a painkiller, not a vitamin. I think I think I know what you mean, but Yeah. So the idea is that like if someone has a headache that is like they have a migraine, it really hurts. Like they can't go about their life with that migraine, they take a painkiller to help. And then that allows them to go about their life. Whereas a vitamin is something that you take when your life is pretty good and like everything's fine and you could take it that day, but if you don't remember, you won't see any immediate effects. So a lot of the best, most successful entrepreneurial ideas are painkillers. And so one thing that I think about when I think about mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is finding a good pain point so that my solution is a painkiller. And I think that we can kind of think about that as we drive toward the North Star with this podcast is like, if we, if one of our goals is to have an audience, how do we provide value in a way where they like, they just keep coming back? You know, it's like, I think about Spike's Car Radio, which is my favorite podcast right now. And it's like, when I listen to that podcast, I come away happier, like true enjoyment for the hour or so that the podcast lasts. It's like a painkiller for like a frustrating day at work. You know, it's like hmm. I save that episode for a drive home from work because I know it will make my day better. And so that's like they've solved a pain point for me. They didn't mean to, but they they have. They've created that painkiller. That's so interesting. So, yeah, so I think like, like I think our North Star will be, when we find it, will be that thing where we're like, people want to hear about this because it solves that, a pain that they feel in their life. Oh, God. I, I, I was curious too uh, how, because I really like the painkiller versus the vitamin example and how some of the best entrepreneurial ideas that was really awesome that you said that i never really thought of it that way i never thought of it that way of you know the best ideas are painkillers but i was curious when you brought up spike's car radio i started thinking well is this really a painkiller or is this like seeking pleasure but then you brought it home and you were like well the, the pain that it's killing is is frustration i had uh from that day and the podcast I know I'm going to leave happier from, therefore it's killing that pain of frustration. 
which was so interesting to hear because I was curious how is he going to bring this back to Painkiller, but I you did, and I'm like and because uh, I was wondering if maybe there was kind of a two ways it's Painkiller or it's a pleasure seeker, uh, but it almost is like one and the same because you know you're getting pleasure from the podcast, but it is killing the pain of the frustration that maybe you had from the day at work or just you know we all have days where it's like ah oh, it's just one of those ah oh, days and, you know maybe for you as I'm hearing Spike Scar radio you go you you know it's going to deliver on the promise that you feel better after you watch and that's a promise they make without even that's like the subconscious promise they've made because they don't even vocalize that right it's not like oh come here and uh you're gonna feel better when you leave than when you showed up it's just they do that yeah yeah I I think like I would love to hear your thoughts on on the idea of like content purely for entertainment uh, which you were kind of hitting on there, because I haven't really thought that much about it. Like, I think it's very easy for me to kind of think about entrepreneurship and pain points and things that solve those pain points. But entertainment, clearly, huge industry, a lot of people spend a lot of time on it, but it doesn't really follow those rules. And the rules being what exactly? Just so we yeah, the the entrepreneurial rules, the rules of like, like, um, the greatest solution uh, solves a pain point. You know, it's like most entertainment. Yes, you could say what you were just saying of like, entertainment solves the pain point of like a painful day or whatever. But I think that that's like almost abstracted too far. You know, it's like, like how how do you uh, like, do you have thoughts on how you could, like, let's say we want this podcast to be an entertainment-focused podcast. How do you, how would you think through that? Like, how would you think about, like, finding a North Star or, or like, finding value, providing value to an audience through an entertainment lens? That's something I haven't thought very much about. You know what? I'm not totally sure how to put thoughts to that, but one of the thoughts I do have, and it's probably nothing close to what you thought I would say, we've been friends for a while, and as you know, I I have a semi-entertaining personality, especially in person, just on random things. But I almost, I think I have this thing where I almost feel guilty being entertainment for other people in a, in a content form. Because I don't want to be the reason why I don't, I'm not making myself the center of the universe. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't want to be another reason why you're distracted from focusing on the things that are actually important. Like, I feel like there's an ethics thing for me here where entertainment, we seek entertainment when we don't want to answer like the bigger questions that we probably should be addressing. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm seeking entertainment to numb myself from what? Like, answer that question. And for me, it's like, oh, yeah, I think I would enjoy being entertaining. But then I, I do feel a little bit of an ethics thing where it's, yes, I'm adding value in the form of entertainment, but I almost feel like it's distracted value. It's like giving you excuse. It's giving the audience an excuse to be distracted and not focus on like the really big bowl, big rocks they want to move. They want to move in their life and career. But, you know. I, there's another argument where it's like, hey, man, you can't be focused on life and career 24-7, man. There's got to be like at least a couple hours, two hours a day, maybe, random amount. 
I'm just taking two out of 24. Two out of 24, entertainment time. But <laughs> like you need to reset the brain too. So it's not all it's not all dreary in terms of an ethics thing. But it, I just feel like what I'm sharing with you is is probably not even close to what you thought I would say. I know. I I think that's like a super valuable aspect of this, and and it's really interesting too because I think like what my first thought when you said that is like what content do I consume where it's entertaining and provides value? And it's like most of the content I, I uh, consume. It's like I, I, contain, I consume hardly any content that's like pure value. Like if it doesn't has, have some aspect of entertainment, then I don't spend as much time on it. Like a great example of this is the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me radio show from NPR. That's a podcast as well. And it's like, that is entertainment. It is like comedy, first and foremost. Like every one of the people on that show is some kind of stand-up comedian or writer. But they talk about current news events. And so if you were to, if I were to not listen to any news some week and then I listen to this show, I'd come away with like a pretty good idea of what's happening in the world. And so maybe that's like one thing that we add as like a sub North star for us is like, like we, one goal could be to be entertaining and to provide value to our audience. I, I like that. I, I do want to, if we do one last thing before we wrap up for the day, because I know, I know we're runtime now. Audience might not know, but the runtime now is 45 minutes on the dot. So I am curious, Craig, can we try to define how we're defining value here? Because we might, you and my, me might have separate definitions of it. And, you know, it is kind of a vague word. It kind of means something different to everyone. So can we try to, before we hop off today, at least try to define how you define value and how I define value. And then we can kind of maybe have some ground rules for uh, our, our next episode. Because I feel like we might actually pick off from our previous episode on our next episode because we're more focused with just audio as opposed to the video part. So I think we will, I think we will follow up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fascinating question. And I totally love setting definitions at the beginning of a discussion, just like state assumptions, state definitions, like get people on the same page so that we're talking about the same thing. And so I love that you brought that up. I just Googled it. <laughs> nice. A value that comes up uh, in Google first one is it's a noun the regard that something is held to deserve the importance worth or usefulness of something and the sentence they have is your support is of great value and so i think that that that's that seems to work pretty well with how i think about value it's like like if if someone, if uh, if I had somebody listen to um, one of these episodes and I asked them the question, what usefulness did that episode have? What they respond with is a 
about value. And then by nature, it's it's incredibly subjective then too. Correct. Okay. Right. So it's different for everyone because they have a different lens coming to the world. And so I think, like if you think about this from a company, like companies often define personas and then they try to sell to those market and sell to those personas. And those personas allow them to kind of focus what they're doing on a known quantity. And so that when they ask, what is the value of this product? People kind of have similar answers because they come from similar places. And the value is e like, it's easier to build, easier to market, easier to sell, easier to appreciate as a customer. Can I jut in? And so, Can I jut in real quick? Just to try yeah, yeah, totally. make my own definition. That's not the right thing to say. Uh, I almost, I love what you said about the persona piece because I feel like my definition is the reason why you have personas in business is so that the value is no longer subjective amongst customers. It's objective. It is a truth that they share. And I'm not sure if that's totally parsed out, but I, I, I like playing with the subjective objective thing here because if you don't have a narrowly defined market, the value is subjective to each person. But if it's narrowly defined with that persona, it almost is objective truth. It's like if that that type of person has that problem, that means the next person who's a similar type person has that problem too. And it's just like, this is truth. <laughs> yeah, it's like way easier to operate with objectivity instead of subjectivity. It's like if if you can if you can like argue with facts, you're more likely to win the argument than if you're arguing with subjective feelings. Mm. Yeah. Right. Also, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it just I kind of had this this impulse, and that'll be something that'll be interesting to figure out if now that we're going pure audio, it'll be interesting to see how we how we play with that. Like if you have an urge where you want to say something, how we figure out how to how to jut in on each other. But like you said, that twenty seven number, you know, it might not be till the twenty eighth when we have that we have that in a good spot. Yeah. I mean so far I feel like this is, it feels more natural than with video. Like I have stood up and sat down probably 10 times during this, during this. <laughs> That's so funny. Cause obviously I wouldn't know that. That's why even earlier I mentioned to the audience, like I've been walking around, I'm looking around, you know, I, I actually, I love the, we're trying to artificially create organicness, which is a funny, just like a hilarious sentence to say, but I feel like that is really what we're trying to do here. Yeah, totally. And by by diving into that organicness, we're hoping to find some value for an audience, something that we can kind of focus on and lean into and and create for a growing community. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I don't know, I guess we should wrap up soon, but another thought that just bounced around here is that... Um, I remember with uh, my brother was the first person I saw that would would sit down and turn on a YouTube podcast. Like I hadn't seen someone do it. It was almost like turning on TV, like at lunchtime, 
turn on a, a, a podcast he likes, the video version, and watch it. And it really dictated a lot of my actions from from that, like really valuing video. But when I run the numbers, if we're strictly audio and we put all our energy into audio or a large chunk of our energy into audio, because we could talk about over the next so many episodes, like video is not dead to us. It's just that the way we use it, I think, is going to be much more strategic and not, and not haphazard. And those are not the exact words, but I almost feel like when you're doing something just for the sake of it, it's not a good enough reason. Like when we were doing video, when I look back on the first so many episodes, I was like, were we doing it just for the sake of it? Like, what was actually the reason? <laughs> like, like, I feel like I have such a more compelling reason for myself to do a strictly audio show. Not just from the operational side, but also, like, the vision side. Because I, I... Yeah, that, I, that, that's the best way I can put it. But uh, feel free if you want to comment on that or if you want to try to take us home. I'll try to take us home uh, as we approach the top of the hour. Yeah, I think that like I follow your lead on on this stuff. Um so it's cool to hear your thoughts on audio versus video and growing a podcast and an audience and all that. So uh I appreciate you uh like thinking through this and having different ideas and iterating uh until we find something that really works well. Excellent. Thank you for the kind of words too. Uh we will uh, Craig, I, I do think we might pick up from where we left off here. I'm, I'm like weirdly confident about that. It just feels like organic. It feels like the audio has more connective tissue between episodes than video does. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So, um, Will you uh, like write down what, where we left off for like some, something to start off on next week? Maybe because I, I guarantee I'm going to be like, what did we talk about next week? Well, or last week? you know what? In terms of reducing friction, uh, part of the reason why, uh, just so everyone knows, we're using the, the Adobe Podcast Beta Studio. When this ends, we're going to get a transcript of the whole thing. So we can actually see the words of what we said. And I'll just, I could probably just scan through that and pick out some key, key ones. Um, I also accidentally sus- resubscribed to a service called otter.ai. I usually do monthly subscriptions, Craig. I told you this. But this one, I moved to the yearly because they switched their pricing. And they gave a fatty discount on yearly. So I was like, oh, I'll do it. This was months ago, probably eight months ago. And uh, I got charged again. So I'm like, oh, whoops. I guess I'll just use it for the next 11 months. <laughs> so I could take our audio, I could put it in there and it'll give me an, an, uh, an automated um, outline of what we talked about. So I'm just going to punch our stuff into tools where we don't actually have to sit there and read through everything. And this way we can get um, a baseline understanding without intense labor. Yeah, I love it. So it, it's, 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 it's intense to read through all the transcripts. Like, I mean, you know, our, our jobs would be turning into, I don't know, journalists or, and that's not really what we are. So. Right. And neither of us are like great readers. Like we, we read well, that's not what I mean. I mean, it's like, it's not like, at least for me and I, I think for you, it's not like we spend like hours a day reading. No. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. It's uh reading is not a strong suit for me. Yeah, yeah, same. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, maybe we'll move into a reflection episode after this, but we'll probably keep it short. But now, rethinking the reflections, like, what are we doing with those now? <laughs> but, uh, 
but let's just wrap this up for today. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I don't know what episode number this is because that's the nature of, of what we're doing right now. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Um, at some point, we're probably going to want to get either like one Twitter account or, or something where people can DM us. And, and, and like, hey, like, let us know we liked about the show. DM us at this. I think it might be helpful to just have even just one account uh, for that. I mean, I'm tempted to do a bunch of accounts, but just one account where we kind of treat it like an email, or maybe we just make a team email for me and me and Craig, and it's like email your questions, email questions. We read we read all we read all uh, messages, and we you know we can include you in another episode or something, something like that. I think um, could be an acute community builder. Cool. All right, thanks guys. Uh, I'm gonna stop this recording now. I gotta tell Craig that. Uh, but uh, me and Craig are going to chat for a second. All right, peace. Peace.